welcome back, everyone, to the Totally Legitimate Podcast. It is a very special day today. It is St. Patrick's clap. Day. I didn't clap. You didn't say clap. You don't need to clap. Well, actually, I guess you oh. do. Okay, just hold on. All right, so you ready? No. Yeah. And welcome back, everyone, to the Totally Legitimate Podcast. It is a very special day today. It is St. Patrick's Day. You guys excited? No. Uh, cool. Yeah, I actually didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day today. Yeah, I was reminded by uh, was it you, Jack? Who reminded us, or was it was it mom? Yeah, I don't remember. yeah. I I just said absolutely no idea. I thought it was later in the month or something, but in any event, uh, we also have a a special guest with um, some historical knowledge uh, who will who will help us understand this day better. I know this won't come out on St. Patrick's Day, but yeah, that's okay. Uh, the first thing though, before we get our guest in, I've been seeing I've been seeing a little a uh, little addition to to the house, to our conversations lately, that I'd like to talk about. There's this game you guys have been playing. A lot. It's called Elden Ring. Oh! Um, uh, I'd like to know. It looks like the most rage-inducing thing possible, and I'm sure some of you have heard of it. Um, it, it it's sounding pretty well right now. What, uh, Find pleasure what, in the pain. What, what drives you to, uh, to, to play this game? As I said, I find pleasure in the pain, Peter. <laughs> okay. That explains a lot. Jack? I just enjoy challenge. Okay. What's your? Do you like just walking around or just the straight up boss fights? Uh, I've actually had more fun with the boss fights than anything else in the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very satisfying once you beat a boss, and also I enjoy kind of like failing and like redoing my strategies and stuff like that. So I prefer just fighting bosses. I just don't think I have the attention span to like spend six hours on a single boss, honestly. But I get it. Well, um, as uh, everyone in the community will tell you, get good. Get yeah, good. get good. Exactly. Yeah, that's what all the Steam reviews will tell you. Interesting how we, uh, yeah, we do things we don't like for for future payoff. All good though. Well, uh, I think I think that's enough stalling. Um, let's let's get our guests in here. Um, Alex. What? Um, are there any good like ruin XP farms like? All the ones I've seen on YouTube have you going to like parts of the map I haven't been to yet. <laughs> like, is well, there any like ruined stuff? Um, yeah, or... if you do, you know the dude who calls you the, the dude who calls you a bitch basically says you have no maidens. If you do his quest line, you can get to the best room farm in the game. But other than that, not without going to the far reaches of Caleb. Oh, isn't that the guy who like? Yeah, but you have to do something at the round table. I think you have to defeat a boss or something. Yeah, when it comes on OBS. Yeah, because we're on mobile data because our internet literally hasn't been working for two days straight, so that's fun. He's just saying that, but it's just because he's trash. Oh, I getcha. Hey, you be nice to him. No, it's because we're trash. He's right. He's always right. The customer (laughs) is always right. (laughs) Customer. I I, I got certified as a veteran last night, all right? Uh, Better watch your tone with me. It's true. Veteran? Yeah, I'm deadass. I'm in the VA system now. Really? So now you can go to all the Only restaurants. Only because they had to put you there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's once you no completed comment. No comment, no comment. Cut the cameras. No, it's because once you you completed deployment, you get put right. in. What was that service medal anyway? What was it? It, like... was, it was just performing very well on the deployment without uh, combat. Okay. Not killing anybody? Yeah. I forget what the name of it was. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, our, guest... Oh, sorry. <laughs> our guest this week uh, does know how to speak English, thankfully. 
and is someone I've known for a decent bit of time. I would consider to be a photographer, a mild historian as well. Uh, and his name is Jacob Goy. Thank you for having me. You just dox him real quick. You're welcome. Dox him? Yeah. Sadly, I guess you have to reveal their names on the podcast, but uh, that's okay. And their addresses, and we put all that on the nope, Twitter. Nope, nope, nope. That's just, I need lawyers. Um, in any event, it is St. Patrick's Day today, so there was no better person we could get on this week than Jacob. And a white man. Okay. <laughs> not even Irish. I'm Scottish. Are you really? <laughs> exactly. You're, you're white. Yeah, no, I'm not Irish in any form. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Just green eyed. <laughs> exactly. Who, who get, yeah, who gave me this recommendation, right? Um, so I've got some St. Patrick's Day facts that I actually, um, some I got online, and then a couple uh, I asked some friends of the show and friends outside of the show for, and they uh, responded, which was pretty cool. So you guys can just tell me what, what you think about these. So the first fact I have is that St. Patrick was a bishop in Ireland, which makes sense. Oh! Uh, also, <laughs> leprechauns are... Is it in Ireland, really? I, I thought it was in China. <laughs> yeah, it's com- commonly movies. commonly mistaken. You, know? um, leprechauns are figures of folklore called uh, lobiersin or small-bodied fellows, and these guys in legends like you, Peter. Uh, would. I don't res- I don't appreciate that, Ox. Um, would mend <laughs> would mend the shoes of other fairies, often in cranky fashion. You guys, know any fairies? Sh- whoa, 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 whoa! We don't discriminate on this podcast. We're not, I'm not. That's just what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Are you a fairy, Alex? The last thing I have here is that uh, the first St. Patrick's Day parade was held in America in 1601. You're probably wondering, well, America wasn't founded in 1601. Well, this was, was done This was done in a Spanish colony near Florida uh, by apparently an Irish colony leader. And it's only grown in popularity since. I didn't since. know that. Damn. Yeah. Didn't so. St. Patrick like, get rid of all the history. snakes in Ireland? I read something Wasn't about snakes. Wasn't that a lie? Isn't that just a fib? I don't. F- I think uh, I have it here. I don't know. I wasn't in Ireland during wasn't that in time Ireland. period. Yeah, but same. Honestly, same. my sources tell me. I, I thought he was a snake oil salesman. There were no snakes around for Saint. Okay, I got it. This is on <laughs> this is on history.com. Please sponsor us. Um, there were no snakes around for Saint Patrick's to banish from Ireland. Um, among the legends associated with Saint Patrick is that he stood atop an Irish hillside and banished snakes from Ireland. Hyphen prompting all serpents to slither away into the sea. In fact, research suggests snakes never occupied the Emerald Isle in the first place. So he's a dirty liar. No. Um, there are no signs of snakes in the country's fossil oh, record. What was a day dedicated to him? I, that's a good question. I probably should research for the show. Um, and the real question is, why is green the color of St. Patrick's Day? The four-leaf clover, Jack. Yeah, that's the correct answer. 500 points awarded to you. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew that. Before that, the region was covered in ice and would have been too cold for reptiles. Unfortunate. Um, but anyways, let's let's get into our, our, our fan facts here. So, Hannah says, Every uh, Patrick's Day since 1962, Chicago has dyed their river green for a couple hours. Which is true. Have any of you ever been to Chicago? That's right. <laughs> yeah, screw nature. They're all just like, what the fuck I think it's, I think it's just food dye. It's just food dye. Fisher's like, hey, yo, it's Gatorade. actually not food dye. It's, it's the not? stuff they use to track pipes. Oh. Like plumbers. They it's not toxic or anything like that. They okay. just use it to That's like they just put radioactive sewage going. in the river. So good excuse to <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's Chicago. There's already mm. radioactive. There's dumb plutonium. It's a <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I'm not going to say that, actually. <laughs> I know Jack hasn't, but has anybody, uh, has no. anybody actually been to Chicago? Yes. I've flown over it, but not been there. Did you see any green rivers? No, I didn't see any green rivers. What kind of... <laughs> It's a joke. Um, Sean says, uh, all I know is everything is green. That's fair. Um, <laughs> that sounds like Sean. Chandler says, leprechauns are based on Celtic fairies, which we talked about earlier. Very true. Stop saying that word. Celtic fairies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing we have uh, from Tyler. This is a very interesting fact. Irish dance came... Oh, because he's Irish. No. Irish dance came about because Irish dancers were... From Ireland. Can I do this fact? <laughs> No, <laughs> he is from Ireland. This is true disclaimer, but I think this this is a good fact. So, Irish dance came about because Irish dancers were brought to Queen Elizabeth to dance. However, he writes, they didn't want to, but because they were forced into doing so, they refused to raise their arms in protest. That's why Irish dancers keep their arms at their sides while dancing. Really, it's actually a really good fact. Yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. I'm never gonna have any use for that fact. Well, I'm sorry, because. Well, people have no use for a lot of facts i don't make the rules I have a fact. except i do what's your fact I'm here jacob's fact my fact is that did you know yes that 13 million pints of guinness are served on st patrick's day annually oh my gosh 13 million i think my dad's warm-up <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is not medical advice see the totally medical podcast for details a totally legitimate podcast endorses drinking responsibly. Yes, this is true. Uh, half of the totally legitimate podcast endorses drinking responsibly. Well, two thirds. Yeah. I say go crazy. Two thirds. Yeah. Jack on. There's three hosts. Well, okay. If we get if oh, we count right. the host or the guests, sorry. But yeah. Um. Do you guys have any anything you usually do for St. Patrick's Day, or is it kind of just just a thing? No, because I don't live in Ireland. I live in the United States of America. That doesn't mean you can't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I mean. Yeah, no, I'm not really you guys Irish. Do you guys do anything to celebrate Christmas? No, I don't live in Jerusalem. <laughs> That's fair. It doesn't make any sense, Jack. It kind of does. Okay. You, you don't have to be from the place of origin. To celebrate. Christmas is a Christian holiday, not a Jewish holiday. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Jesus might have celebrated Hanukkah, but... Yeah, well, I guess we'll never know. Um, we used to have just, uh, like, corned beef and stuff, but we can't find corned beef anymore. Mm, with a little bit of mustard. It's kind of sad. Yes. Yeah, Dijon mustard. Yeah, the good stuff. And Ew. Uh, oh, potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So good. I like potatoes. Yeah. With, when yeah. we like try to capture leprechauns. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the teacher the would just leave a gold with... coin, and I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Well, I, I really and didn't. They would cover I the believe. hallways with glitter, and all the janders would uh, be crying. So they like, clean it all up. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, they're like, "Fuck the janders. Let's make these kids believe in something that they're gonna forget yep. about in like three years." I only I put it like green dye in the urinals too. Oh, I don't know. If yeah, they is. slaughter the freaking lunch ladies and they leave their dead bodies mm-hmm. to be found by the children. Jeez, all right. Wait, relevance? <laughs> you guys didn't go to public school? I went to year school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh that might have been <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nah, we were just in one of Alex's dreams. That's I know, that's, yeah, yeah. Alex's entire life, just one messed up dream. I don't know. No, I only learned... We're actually complete strangers. We also disrespects veterans, let that be known on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, this is a good rap. Um, but I actually remember I only learned Santa Claus was not real. Spoiler alert, any young children. Uh, the fuck? I learn it now. Um, until, like, I think seventh grade. Right, Jack? Did somebody in your English class... Seventh like, grade? Yeah. That's pretty high. Did you not have access to the internet? No, I didn't use the internet until I was like... <laughs> I'd really, honestly. Grade, yeah. 
Well, obviously, it's coming out in seventh grade. You really thought just some big fat dude crawled down your chimney? Yeah, it seemed plausible. And knew when you were asleep. I'm you were in, you were in honors classes, Peter, and you couldn't put two and two together. Lives were, lives were very boys and girls, and... you know. So, no, I actually no, I actually out. figured it out. No, I, I mean somebody actually told me. So I actually figured it out. I think in like fourth grade because I got this Lego set, right? What a bully do you in elementary school? I was super hyped about it, and a week later, I was uh, I think like vacuuming or something in fourth grade, and. I went into one of my parents' closets and I just found this Target box. You were snooping. With the you were snooping. No way you were vacuuming. No, the vacuum was in the, the vacuum was in the closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, so, I snooped uh, after that, but the initial was, uh, you know, El Natural. You know, Jacob, do you think America is staying too quiet in the conflict in Ukraine, or should we ramp it up? Oh my God. I think. Uh... Tough question. It's hard to tell, you know, because in my opinion, I've been like keeping an eye on this conflict ever since it started, right? Which for, uh, and which was what time do you think? 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think on our side to the average American, we're not doing enough besides like sending them weapons and money and aid money and that sort of thing, humanitarian aid. Yeah. But I think the average American is questioning why we're not. Well, the average American needs to go enlist in the goddamn military instead of sitting on the fucking Instagram going. Well, I don't think most people understand the conditions that NATO takes before they get involved with certain things. Exactly. Like, a lot of people are, like, a lot of Americans who are a little bit, you know, misinformed. They're Mm -hmm. like, "We, we, we should all go, we should have our military go into Ukraine and beat Russia and stuff like that. Like, dude. It's not part of NATO. Like, Ukraine isn't a NATO country. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I don't understand why Americans want their own American troops to fight in a conflict that we shouldn't be, like, fighting in at all. I have no problem with us sending weapons and stuff to Ukraine to help them fight their own war. But, like, I don't want American yeah, soldiers dying in Ukraine. Huh. So. Yeah, no. I think another big part mean. of it is... Oh. No, go ahead, please. Uh, another big part of it is, like, to me, since I've been... I'm not an expert course but i've just been keeping tabs on it i've been watching uh vice news has a really good playlist full of uh, what they call um just short videos about their involvement and their journalists over there and uh they've been covering ever since the start Mm -hmm. and it's not a new conflict and i think that's the one confusing thing that most americans think is that this just came out of nowhere this has been building up over the last eight years this is not new and obama and Trump, those administrations both supply the Ukrainians to fight the separatists that they've been fighting for the last eight years. Those guys aren't new either. Mm-hmm. We were giving them annual funds to keep up that fight. So it's not new at all. Right. Just the in- invasion bit, uh, mildly. Right, right. Now, the invasion aspect. itself, in my opinion, from like Russia's standpoint, makes no sense because if... like. If a dictator wants to invade a smaller country, right, wouldn't it make sense to just, like, hit them hard at once and just, like, you know, use your entire army against them and just, like, roll into the country? But, like, all Putin did was, like, have a few airstrikes and allowed Ukraine to supply themselves with weapons. Like, it just didn't really make sense why he was, like, hesitating. Well, maybe they're leaving yeah. troops behind in Russia uh, in fear that maybe, like, we would come in and counterattack them. I don't know. 
Yeah, like when we go to war, we don't send every single soldier we have. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, all your eggs Obviously in one basket. All your leprechauns in one pot. You know, that's not. Okay, that's fair. But what I think what also plays into that is the fact that if you look at the conflict between the Ukrainians and the Ukrainian separatists, right, the people that want to be a part of Russia, uh, those two regions again, they've been fighting for the last eight years, and that's it's dwindled down. Or before this, it dwindled down to just trench lines and trench fighting mm. because it became a little bit more static than just over the edge fighting like toe to toe. And I think after he, he being Putin, I think after he made his move in Crimea mm-hmm. and went that far just to probe, to see what NATO's response would be. Now, when did that happen? That happened in 2014, oh, wow. okay. I believe. And this is the same sort of deal. He, I think he took his time to sit back and let the separatists do what they wanted to do. And then he saw where the battle lines would be established and where he could use his resources the best when he would invade, such as now. So he definitely took his time, I think. But Mm -hmm. I also think he's not using or didn't use very professional units right off the bat either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That impacted this entire thing. Yeah, you could say it's the most... calculated yet rash advance you know in a long time right because yeah you're right they have had a lot of time but the execution seems a little sloppy now i'm not gonna lie or right. maybe well actually jake if you, you raise an interesting point which i didn't know because if ukrainians had been fighting separatists for you know years then you know a lot of american media is saying that or speculating that putin thought that ukraine would just surrender right I, I don't think so because if, if Ukraine had already been fighting, Russia would have known that, and they would have known that, you know, Ukraine fought for its independence. They're gonna fight to keep it. So I don't believe that Putin thought mm-hmm. Ukraine would just like not put up a fight at all. I don't believe that either. I agree. I agree completely. What do you think the angle is, though? I mean, do you think Putin takes over Ukraine? Then what? You know, he's not coming. If he did, he's, he's already losing. No. Uh, I was looking at that the other day, looking at the maps. And like progress maps and all sorts of stuff they put up on the news and all sorts of stuff. CNN, MSNBC. There's a literal helicopter above my house. I don't right think. Now, yep. I don't think he'll go farther than, in theory, if he does gain the upper hand in some manner, which I don't think he will, and we don't get more involved, and other countries don't get more involved. I think he wouldn't go past half of the country, because Ukraine's kind of split down the middle by. Right. A river. I don't know the name of the river. I think it's the Dnipro, I think. Okay. The Dnipro, the Dnipro. And it's basically split in half. And the closer you get to the left side, the closer you are to NATO countries, such as Romania, yeah, that's problem. Poland. Yeah. So he did conduct airstrikes on the left side of the country. But United not... is in Romania right now. Right. That's, it's too right close now. to NATO forces to be yeah. fighting a war. Which makes it kind of not yeah, have an accident kind of pointless because right if you want to do like total world dominant, yeah, I mean that's not going to happen. But um, yeah, so why then? I think he did it for world domination because he doesn't want he's he's not going to invade NATO territory. And he's just a power um, move to remind the honestly, world that like you know I they think, have. I think he's resources. just a power crazy zealot who uh, his, his regime is. Um, I think he's like losing credibility in Russia or had been. And he's doing this to kind of just like prove PR move. to everybody that like he's, you know, that he's like still in the a fight. dictator okay. and that he's like powerful, I guess. Yeah, still in the fight. But I don't think that he had any like really military strategy going into this. He's just like, I want to show Ukraine that I own them or whatever. And um, 
This was definitely like a power play. But I think anything more will come of it. He doesn't want to go to war with America or NATO countries. They won't win, yeah. Um, and his other base points were the fact that Ukraine used to be a part of Russian territory, which you could just say is yeah. a Soviet satellite. I don't think it was ever a part of like, maybe in history under different historical figures well they were totally you know? neutral for Maybe a it was long a part time of russia uh, until just recently so right ukraine was always known as just ukraine mm. that's just how it was just a region and he also yeah. accused ukrainians of being nazis mm. like i don't know how that yeah works but well the thing is so in 2013 i believe and i don't mean to take up all the space here you're so i guess Jacob. let me know no, if I'm you're absolutely too much. Fine. <laughs> but in 2013 this all started from a corrupt government uh taking funds and money laundering and all sorts of very corrupt actions yep. in that government so it was overthrown by protests very violent protests and after those protests or actually just towards the end of it the separatists kicked up what they were doing in the western side of the country and then putin swung in for crimea yes and annexed it so that instigated the people in Western Ukraine, I believe, to rise up and say, hey, we want to be a part of Russia, da 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 And this goes into what you said, Jack, with Nazis, because the, and I'm not justifying them, I'm just saying the origin of them, because mm -hmm. they do exist, they are there, they're everywhere. Uh, they originated from the protests. There's, of course, all sorts of protests. There's different ideologies on all sorts of sides. Right, because the German economy people was on the left -hand side of the spectrum, right, destroyed right. after World War One. Yeah, and, and they had to pay a bunch of these guys. Uh, they are not. Yeah. There are, are far those right those people. Those the Western, I guess. No, those those are people who are pro-Russian. I'm talking about the people who were protesting the Ukrainian government that was corrupt and overthrown. Okay, and. From what I've seen, those guys went from being protesters protesting the Ukrainian government that was in power at that time, the corrupt Ukrainian government, to fighters who volunteered to be in the National Guard of Ukraine or yeah. created their own uh, volunteer battalions, which were helpful to Ukraine at that time because their military power wasn't strong at all. It was very obsolete. Right. So these guys, I'm not justifying them. They are Nazis. I don't support that in any manner, but they did swoop in to go counter the pro-russian right. movements a critical moment, in western yeah. ukraine as as volunteer forces so i think God. that's where the whole nazi thing stems from is the fact that yeah volunteer forces right. which did admit sentiments with that side were around fighting the pro-russian people okay. but that doesn't mean it's the ukrainian government that is yeah, supporting that nazi right. or pro-nazi mm. independent nazi party, yeah. fighters uh, right makes sense um thinking of like kind of how history is taught in like an educational sense do you think there are too many history classes that people have to take going through school or uh not enough oh no i took enough okay i think i don't know like i hate the school system as it is i think they put too much <laughs> misinformation into people's minds like i want a history class that's just unbiased history unfortunately you can't get that it, uh, right in the American school system right now, it's all democratic history, and it's either extremely democratic or extremely republican. And I think both are bad. Yeah, depending where you live, yeah. I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I think I think a lot of history is being, um, like Alex said, being like biased and twisted in school systems because, we're like, unfortunately, this country is kind of like turning into um, a country of teachers like 
teaching children to kind of like hate um, like American history, um, like slavery, for example. You know, slavery was absolutely terrible and horrible, but it is a part of our history. And to not teach that in schools is a massive disservice to children um, in our school. because they need to understand like the weaknesses and the strengths of America. No, but it's, I know that some yeah, schools are Yeah, the weaknesses and the strengths of slavery, of course, of course. <laughs> no. no, of America. Right. No, you can definitely um, selectively choose what to, uh, you know, teach and then withhold from uh, education for sure. But I just remember we completely glossed over World War II. I don't know if it was for time or what it was, but we got a decent chunk of the Civil War. We got what I consider not useless history, but kind of irrelevant material at this point. Like we spent probably an entire year doing like stuff from the 12, 1300s. We had a little bit about um, like the Renaissance period and French Revolution, which I thought was helpful. But other than that, it was like really distant uh, content that I didn't really get a lot out of. So I, I personally, I prefer the more recent history, at least, you know, one, 200 years. But what do you think? I think it's important when the, like you just said, you prefer the more recent history, but I think it's important to give those classes the reason as to why you're exploring the older things so much. Mm -hmm. And taking right. so much time on the older concepts and historical occurrences. Yeah, if there was an argument for it, I think I probably would have been more apt, but it's just kind of there, you know. Right. I think they do carry a little bit too much weight with yeah. not so important things, and I don't think they really hammer it down on how the timeline works with where we are now and how those things happened before. Yeah. Sometimes and that is a little bit biased. I think they for really myself being an American, but uh, you know. Right. Yeah, definitely more interesting. That. That's also true, actually, how uh, our education differs from how other countries are taught. Sure. Of which you know? I have no idea. Because you got to think about, like, I think in one class one time we talked about that. Um, like, we're talking about how kids might be taught World War II history in Germany. Right. You know, and how that oh, perspective yeah. might mm -hmm. be. You know? That would be very interesting, actually. Right. To, um, to see how that's taught, yeah. I'm trying to remember how we were taught Vietnam because that's a conflict where I would say definitely weren't in the right uh, from a, you know, traditional level. Like, I mean, if you're taught World War II, we're the good guys in that, obviously, uh, in its simplest yeah. form, you know, um, and so on. So, you know, the Union were the more, you know, righteous side in the Civil War and all that stuff. Um, but I'm trying to remember if we were, you know, depicted as um, a just cause in, in the Vietnam War. Because we really weren't. That was just a uh, mess that didn't need to happen. Uh, but I agree. I think it's a stain. Yeah, it really is. And it's technically the first war we've lost. I think school covers um, the subjects of Vietnam in the 60s and 70s and those eras. And it blends it in with the militaristic actions alongside true, yeah. the like sentiments of protest. Like That's how they mix it in. Yeah, I feel we were like. taught it from or at least an American... How I learned. Was, in the state's perspective for sure yeah right like they waited it between oh people protested and had anti-war protests about these things while also mixing in like the vietnam war and the reasons why we were there and the actions and such mm -hmm. yeah um right for most wars we're taught about like specific battles kind of how the power dynamics were shifting between both places but for vietnam it was more like the american reaction to it than the war itself you know what i mean that's what it was in my case. Um, I think that's important. You should know about where you live and, uh,
the lineage behind that. But also, I kind of wish we learned a little bit more about, uh, you know, like the rise of communism and stuff like that. So I would better understand what's going on now. And NATO. Right. I really wish we got a, a better crash course in NATO. Because um, that's still an existing institution. It's not going anywhere, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, feel I'm not as educated as it could be. But, so. Now, uh, just a quick little side discussion. Um, I know you're interested in photography, Jacob. And uh, yeah. as an up-and-coming film director, I obviously am as well, in a certain sense. question I did want to ask you, which is, I guess, kind of just for you and I. Um, have you done anything, like, risky or questionable to get sort of, like, the perfect shot? Uh, or is that not really important to you? Um, I mean, not really, honestly. I think the most I've ever done is, like, go out into the middle of the street, honestly, to just get the right angle. But... I haven't really done anything too risky in the portrait or session sense. You know, most of it's just kind of like, oh, that church tower steeple looks really nice. Let me go onto the yellow line and get a picture of yeah. it. That kind of mm -hmm. thing. But oh, I have a question. How, so when, like, when I look at photography, right, I mean, what I, what I mainly see is just like, you know, just pictures, you know, like, what techniques do photographers use to make their pictures of the world more like unique or better i guess because if you think about it, you're all taking like pictures but like what distinguishes um, pictures I'd, from others i'd say that's hung on um, indirect and direct messaging i'm gonna agree okay like if a photographer or documentary specialist or anybody like that is trying to show you a message like you said in a picture you just see a picture but if they're trying to prove a message to you they'll use information visually by indirect and direct means you know like you obviously seeing something right. for example somebody holding an anti-war sign from the you're, you're, you see anti-war that's a direct message there's a lot of different aspects that people can use to convey that as indirect and directly yeah. yeah, I would say photography and film are both kind of the process of um, emotion gauging in, in some way. Unless you're really just out for uh, visual well, prowess or something, like from a graphic design perspective. Right. But usually uh, how you choose to frame something, maybe what lens you use, uh, how tightly things are packed together in the frame, you know. Right. You know, yeah, Jacob, if you use a... Uh, right. Alex... In the military, is there like a, a specific person whose role is to just take pictures? <laughs> yeah, that's usually the 40, I think it's 42 Alpha. It's kind of like um, public affairs. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. They do all that stuff. Now, do they um, train with you or? It's a really good job if you want to. Okay. No. If there's like a training event, they'll come out and like take photographs. But they're not required they to be like in tip tap shape or anything. Like I swear it is. I mean, they still have everybody in the army has to pass PT tests. Everybody has to go through basic combat training, but not everybody is going to see or train for combat. Mm -hmm. That's but, actually the uh, oh. So, as a soldier, you're required three things to know how to shoot, move, and communicate. So as long as you can move, as long as you can shoot, and as long as you communicate, you can do whatever you want in the army. Mm -hmm. But there's soldiering basics, basically, is what I'm getting at. The basics are like shooting, knowing right. how to do battle drill one alpha, like which obviously to you doesn't mean anything, but when you're in the army. Mm -hmm. It's called basic soldiering skills. Right. What were you going to say, you? I was actually thinking of becoming uh, what Alex just said, that role, right. that MOS in the uh, Marine Corps. Really? So like a, f a photographer, basically? Yeah. Um, in the Department of Navy, I think they now call it a uh, 
it used to be called just a combat photographer, right? right? That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Plain name. They, but with what Alex said with like affairs and such, they changed it to calling it uh, Comstrat. Okay. I think. Same deal. It takes forever that. though. Right. Like the classes, it's like, I think in the army, it's like, I think it's like 80 something weeks. I mean, cause you gotta learn, you know, OPSEC and like how to portray the government to the people like it's right there's a lot is that a thing it. so are you think for the uh, marine corps specifically told to not shoot things in a negative light or what are military photographers uh told to not sort of photograph things in a negative light or are they allowed to yeah okay. yeah yeah <laughs> they don't i want also think that they get their on. photos reviewed oh yeah every time they shoot them yeah like you don't just hand your card off to just any computer like it gets taken. Yeah, yeah. like so for example there uh, the news is gonna be doing an interview with me for my work in the hospitals and uh, i had to talk to a lieutenant colonel a sergeant in the air force wow. like all these people before i was cleared to just go talk to like wow, a news reporter yeah. they just had to make sure that i'm not gonna be like yeah fuck the army we're yeah, horrible conditions. yeah. shout out to censorship they keep a close eye on that mm -hmm. stuff i'm not surprised but couldn't you technically still say that on camera yeah, but then you're gonna get fucked up. It's called Article right, 15 without... WCMJ. Yeah, it's not worth it. Like, alright, you guys can't talk shit about Uncle Sam, or else, uh... <laughs> Seriously, though, that's what the contract mm -hmm. is. Oh, yeah, there's so many hidden shit I've probably signed that if I did that, I could get really messed up. Right. Yeah. No more T-Bones fries. No more T-Bones fries. Only on Tuesdays. <laughs> um... Did I tell you that, Peter? Yeah, so we uh, us and a couple friends with the T-Bones, and I was like, do you guys do a military discount? She goes, only on Tuesdays, and I kind of laughed, and I was looking at her, I was like, oh, she's serious, T-Bones only does a military <laughs> discount on Tuesdays. That's to keep the T-continuity going. Legit. At least you get a discount, though. What's up? So do you just, like, walk around town, Alex, with your uh, veteran card, and just be like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely take the discounts if yeah, they're offered, not? like, why wouldn't you, you know? Honestly, yeah. It's like, I mean, 100%. Now, do you think you'd enjoy the... Uh... I think traveling aspect of you know going around to a bunch of places as a military photographer or i mean yeah i enjoy it like uh next year i'll be going to the middle east um mm -hmm. definitely something i never signed up like thinking that i was going to go into but you know you play but you're fine with it, yeah. like when i enlisted i was kind of like oh, i want to keep my head down you know do what i can do but now i'm in it i'm like i like that military discount i want to work for it you know <laughs> anything for the free right. fries yeah go to syria yeah i'll kill a guy for small order 10 percent yeah. off no, for you, Jacob, do you think you'd enjoy uh, going around a bunch of places or the end goal just to get good shots? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not Paris Island, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, obviously, you know the steps you got to take to get to somewhere, you know? Yeah. It's kind of the stuff you just got to embrace the suck out of. Yes. That's what anything in life. Yeah. Like, Alex, I'm sure you feel a whole lot more comfortable now that you've gotten all that basic training stuff oh, over with. Well, not well. I kind of want to be a drill sergeant, so I'd have to do it all again. But yeah, right. for the most part, I'm glad drill it's out sergeant. of the way. No, I'm serious because uh, in a couple of years, when I'm a sergeant, I can choose to go to the academy, and I'm thinking about it. But you basically have to go through basic training all the time. How long again. is that? That's good that to have on your four. record. Uh, you have to sign up. Uh, it's nine weeks. Okay. It's nine weeks. You're getting yelled at by people of the same rank as you. You know, it's mm -hmm. like. Would you be locked in for a long time for that, or as a drill yeah. sergeant? Would that be like your main? I mean, employment. Kind of something that will stay with you forever. Oh, no, it won't be my... No, okay. no. So, so, like, for example, in August, I'm going to Canada to shoot for a month straight. It's called AT, annual training, which you have to do. It's a month, a year. And um, so as uh, artillery, I have to go shoot for a month. But as a drill sergeant, 
I'll just have to go to a basic training site for um, like three weeks and just yell at soldiers for three weeks. Like that will be my annual really? training to like get me qualified as a drill sergeant. Makes sense. Oh, Canada. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah. Never been to Canada. Would like to go. But uh, well, in any event, hopefully nothing crazy happens over there. Hopefully everybody has a happy St. Patrick's Day. Although this will be uh, uploaded Monday, four days from now. But that's okay. But it's within a week. I still think it counts. You know, people celebrate Christmas for a while, so it's fine. And uh, anything else uh, you'd like to to propose, Jacob? Or is that about it for me? I think I'm set. All right. Well, yeah, that was fun. And um, we'll catch you all next week with a hopefully female guest to please Alex's requirements. Oh, exactly. oh, Peter, you're switching up your well, actually uh, your view just because I'm calling. Actually, <laughs> we had a female guest slated for this week, but we had to shift some things around uh, because of uh, some likewise. scheduling yep. conflicts. So, yeah. of which we will get on the record from our female guest next week. For archival purposes. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we Indeed. will. Looking Indeed. forward to it. Also, uh, I've, I've decided to put a temporary hold on the ads for this podcast because it's not generating you know, anything to really make it worth annoying our listeners. So we'll reevaluate that later. We always have it. And uh, enjoy ad-free podcast. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this week. Really appreciate it. Glad we could make this happen. And um, we'll see you next week. All right. This woman and her husband pull up and they're like, we have a mobile order for like Karen or something, you know, so we'll call him Karen. And I'm like, okay, fine. And one of their coffees had been ready and the other two were being made. So I give them the the first one out of their order. And she's like, we got three. Like, yes, um, this is the first one. The other two are coming right out. And then she kept, she repeated herself, we're like, we got three drinks. <laughs> and so I, I keep trying to explain to her, like, we know they're being made. And then she's like, but we don't have time. Then she floors the, the gas and just leaves the other two trains. She paid for them? It's a mobile or so yeah, they already paid. That's on her then. That's that's but completely on yeah, her no. then. I agree. It is on her. Like she should not have got I don't, I don't know if she got a refund. <laughs> like she definitely should not have gotten a refund. Like, no. Well, if you don't have the patience to wait for what you ordered, then don't order it. A lot of people with the the big misconception with mobile ordering is they think that their drinks are gonna be like automatically ready for them. Um, right. And now if you if you order like an hour in advance, yes. But I literally had a dude who put in a mobile order and the second the mobile order a ticket printed up from the machine, I heard him on the drive through say, I have a mobile order. Dude, it's not gonna be ready instantaneously. What is the yeah. difference between doing that and showing immediately after or going to the exactly. drive through window Just and doing order it? it? Yeah, exactly exactly. Just order through the drive through. Like what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell is that? Just, just order through the drive through. <laughs>